You're listening to the Vocal Fry Podcast, your weekly dash of voice science, pedagogy, and pop culture. Coming to you from your semi-occluded vocal tract, have you practiced today? I know that's the thing, I'm like, now I'm home and I'm like, I could always just not leave. I'll just stay here forever. (laughs) All right, Vocal Fam, here we are. Uh, we are here, um, and I'm going to, even before I start, I'm just going to go ahead and have everybody introduce who they are, because we have some sort of regular folks joining us, and maybe some uh, not quite as regular folks joining us. Um, so, Sarah, introduce yourself, and give just, just a 10-second blurb of if you've taught or taken any lessons online. Hi, I'm Sarah. Um, you hear me sometimes and I have taken online voice lessons for a few months back in the fall, but that is my main experience. I haven't taught any online, although I guess I will be in the very near future. So I'm definitely excited for this discussion today, but I have taken online voice lessons. Okay. Michael. Hello, this is Michael Ham. Uh, I, I am somewhat regular which is I used to be more regular now I'm just somewhat there's a there's a there's a toilet paper frenzy joke in there somewhere but I'm not gonna make it um (laughs) anyways uh I have taught a handful of voice lessons online uh but I taught a lot of uh English as a second language online which is also interesting and I think somewhat applicable here so okay great Josh I am Josh Glasner. I have uh, taught some lessons online um, and uh, have had a uh, background in digital signal processing. Yes, this is going to become important today. Yes. Okay, and to my right here in the room with me. I'm Mandy. I am... (laughs) Uh, Dr. Mandy Spivak. I, I am Dr. Mandy Spivak, and I am Sarah's voice teacher. And mm-hmm. uh, I have taught her online, and I have taught a handful of other people online um, in varying and necessary ways. Um, I have never actually taken a voice lesson online as a student, but I have taught them. Um, and I'm here for the first time. I think this is my first time. You were on one Doctor Who Christmas episode for Was a little I? bit. Yeah. But not in like mm. an official like voice capacity. What's the, what's the official title here? Super Empress Supreme Supreme Leader Vocal Fry. Empress Vocal Fry. <laughs> Empress, vo- Empress Vocal Fry is the is that's the right. Term. Okay. Uh, and uh, you guys know me. And I just to give you some background on my online teaching experience. I have taught some voice lessons online, although I've only taught them to I I think tenors and basses and baritones i don't think i've ta- i think i've no i've taught a belter online but i've not taught a soprano which i know something josh wants to talk about later um and yeah. in addition to my studio teaching experience online i have been teaching um coursework online for four years uh and, and some I, of us have taken those courses oh that's true actually and i will say that did i endure an online course with you uh yes <laughs> And um, I would say, actually, that uh, that course looks nothing like it did sort of when you guys took it, because I've learned a lot in the last four years. Um, well, I mean, it looks a little bit like it, but uh, so, so. you last year, so. Yeah, and it, I change courses every time I teach them. You should know, know. that about me. I know, because 
What does that Didn't say about you and your class like nineteen thousand <laughs> like times? times? Yes, yes, I Not did. Not because you needed to, but well, sort of I because you needed to. She took. I just a, enjoyed it. She took acoustics with me multiple times, and it allowed her to get published, Michael. So I mean, uh, yes, I know. Uh, right, I just want to be clear. It's not because Sarah failed this course at any point. <laughs> no. <local fans. laughs> it's your enjoyment, yeah. Um, she's a nerd. It's okay. okay. <laughs> Uh, thank you for that. So vocal fam, uh, obviously we are dropping, not the episode we expected to drop this week, but we wanted to reach out as vocal fry with some experiences. I specifically wanted Mandy and Sarah to be able to share some of their online experiences together as teacher and student. Josh is going to share some experiments that he's been doing, testing out different mics and platforms today um, in the studio and and back at his house, sort of back and forth. But we want to say that we are here for you. The Vocal Fam is here for each other. And Nats has been doing a great job. Alan Henderson has been doing a great job of mobilizing Nats forces. Um, Matt Edwards and... Um, uh, Michelle Marquardt DeVoe, who will be on next week's Vocal Fry. Sarah and I have already recorded that episode, but we're pushing it a week. Mm-hmm. Um, she was on last night with VoiceLessons.com. Mike Elson, Alan was on that, um, and Marcy, right? Mar- yes, that was and Marcy, yeah. and Marcy Daniels Rosenberg, who was also on with them last night um, for a little while. She had to leave early. But um, so they've already had a nice webinar. I know Tom Burke is giving a webinar right now on new form for professional voice teachers, which I imagine they'll make available. Tom has been teaching online for a long time. Um, those folks that were on last night on voicelessons.com, Mike Elson has his own platform. Mike was a singer. Um, he has his own platform for online voice lessons that you should check out. No voice left is behind. Is that fully live now? Yes. Is that fully, is voicelessons.com? Oh, yes. Fully live now? Oh, yes. Not beta? Okay. No, no, no. Um, and Mike's also a computer science major, and he's designed his own platform rather than using Skype or FaceTime or Zoom, and we'll talk about all these. But we wanted to come on and just say a few things about, one, if you are new to online teaching, we want you to stay calm. And also realize, I, I know Michelle said this um, on one of her videos to students, and I, and I think it was echoed to faculty in multiple things that I've posted already on social media. If you are new to online teaching, please, you have every right. One, remember that you are a voice expert. You are already have the studio that you have. You have the position that you have because you are a voice expert. You, are, you have great ears. You are a good singer or a great singer or a world-class singer. You are a good teacher. If you are already working in this field, you are already good at your job. Do not doubt that. And let's just all have a refreshing time of going, oh, it's going to be okay. We are going to get through this. And do not put the pressure on yourself to feel the need to be perfect in the next week in your first time ever trying to teach lessons or courses online. You won't be. Yes. You won't be. And we need to give grace for that to ourselves and to the people we're teaching. And if you are, I just want to encourage you, if you are somebody at an academic institution or in an online forum and you are super comfortable with teaching online, please show grace to our colleagues who, whether it's just that they've just never done it or whatever the reason is that they're not accustomed to it, please show them grace. 
It is nobody's fault that they've not done this at this point. It also doesn't make somebody who's been doing this the greatest voice teacher in the history of mankind. We're all just different. We need to embrace our differences. We need to put away our hubris and our arrogance and learn from each other. This is a time, that's why I brought a whole bunch of people with a bunch of perspectives together today. And it's one of the reasons I'm shouting out these other sources. Look, Nat's Chat's gonna have a great Nat's Chat tomorrow. Go check that out if they have any seats left. I know those things fill up kind of quickly. I have a feeling this one probably already did. Um, but seek out help. This is not the time for us to put up walls this is the time for us to build bridges and and we need to be reaching out to one another and all just taking a collective deep breath because we're going to be okay and the likelihood is that if we get the right social containment around this virus that in a number of weeks we will be we'll be able to get back to normal summer conferences will still happen things will still happen and but it's, but it's also a good learning lesson and a, and a chance for us to learn from each other, to learn how to implement this. I know Josh, where he is at Coastal, they've got this preparedness plan in place for hurricanes already. Um, and it's something that Mandy and I learned about when we were in grad school. We had Katrina happen and nobody knew what to do. Uh, 12 years ago and fortunately we have the internet and just as a precursor I just want to say one thing to everybody else who's listening to this on the get-go you have a built-in advantage that I've not heard most people saying yet one of the things that I've heard Mandy say uh, that the difficulty one of the most difficult things about teaching online is teaching a first voice lesson online almost none of us are looking at doing that we have all heard these students all year. None of these are probably, most of us are at least at midterm, and even if they were a new student this semester, we've heard them live for eight weeks or seven weeks or whatever. And so you have the built-in advantage that you know what this person sounds like five feet from you. So please just, just take heart. I'm trying to think if there was any other precursor stuff. Oh, the other thing I wanted to say as a precursor. Let's all please be thinking of our students first. It's okay to give yourself grace. It's okay to be nervous, but also realize that your students are on a big learning curve. Sarah, it's different taking a voice lesson online, right? It is. It is. It definitely is. Yeah, and so we'll get into that. And some finagling. But also... Yeah. As an opportunity for all of us, faculty, student, teacher, whatever your role is in this, this is, as Michelle said this last night, and Alan said this last night, and so did Matt, this is a great chance for growth. It is a great chance for growth for us as teachers. It is a great chance for growth, and particularly, this is what Mandy and I were talking about earlier this afternoon, this is a great chance for our students to learn self-reliance and resilience. As Michelle likes to say, sort of, we're trying to work ourselves out of a job by preparing our students to be ready to go out and sing without us. And this is a great chance, especially where this fell in the academic year. Um, and we just want to, you know, we just want to create an opportunity for some voices to be heard. Sometimes, you know, look, here's the other thing. Uh, uh, one of the things that Vocal Fry can do for you is this can be a chance for you to just unplug for a second and remember that next Saturday, when Vocal Fry will be back with you for a regular episode, you'll get to hear Kristen Coffey Rondo and Michelle Mark Ortevo and Sarah and I geek out about their stuff that they're doing with online teaching partially. Uh, but also, we'll geek out about uh, Doctor Who. 
for a good bit. And Sarah and Josh and I will make sure that we record a Picard PhD segment. And we I will. Seen this week's. We will. Okay, no oh, spoilers. So no ah. spoilers for the Conclave of Eight because Perna was right. Um, I don't want to know what you're right about. And and uh so we will be back with you with a regular episode next week um and, and, and anyway so with all that being said as a preamble and sorry that i i rambled in the preamble uh, uh, the preamble has rambled yeah. crickets oh geez okay um, listen people listen i just need you to know <clears throat> This week I watched a video called Every Podcast Ever. And then they go, this guy goes to this podcasting convention and he says, I can't wait to meet everybody. And they're all people in glasses, in white guys in glasses with beards. And looking around, they're going, wow, our community, they're so cool. Everyone here looks so cool. And then I thought about it and I was like, Perna didn't have a beard when we started this. <laughs> I'm not even sure he, he wore glasses full time when we started this. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so with that being said, Sarah, Mandy, I want to turn it over to you guys and just share some mutual experiences of what it was sort of like. As te- Not that this is the only t- experience that Mandy has teaching online, but just some shared experiences, teacher to student, some basic stuff that teachers might expect. Well, I, um, I'll let Sarah talk a lot, too, because, again, I think from the student's perspective, it's important to hear for us teachers, because we as teachers, we have our own set of nerves going into it. But if we're aware of the potential weirdness that the student is feeling, then we can better prepare ourselves um, to be in that position. But um, like you said just a few minutes ago, teaching a first voice lesson online without ever having heard somebody is is really challenging. I mean, we understand the challenges of of the internet and slow um, connections and all that kind of stuff. Um, But I knew Sarah and taught Sarah for many years before we went on this journey. That in itself is huge, a a huge advantage starting online. Um, I know what she sounded like. I know what our goals were before, you know, we were thrown into this and this was of necessity, you know, Um, She was preparing to do the NASA auditions um, in the fall and she moved to Atlanta and she wasn't going to find a new voice teacher in, you know, a month month to prepare a rep that she had been working on with me for a while. Um, So it was really (laughs) so very much like we're all in this season of necessity. This was a necessity for her as well. Um, And so we knew what our goals were going into it. And I I think from my end, it's just being aware that the sound that you hear coming through the computer is not going to be the sound that you are used to hearing in the room. And we are all professional voice teachers here. We're all professional hearers. Yes, we listen to this. We know what to expect. We know what we're watching. We know what we're hearing, even through the computer, even though it's different we're not dumb, you know? So I would say as nerve wracking as it can be, you know, getting set up with somebody that you have taught in person before, it's not as scary once you start. Um, and that's my, my initial perspective, but I'll let Sarah talk from the student perspective because I do think it is different um, from them. It is. I mean, it is different and there definitely is like, 
a level of awkwardness, I guess, especially in that first lesson, because you're just standing there. Like I was standing in my kitchen because of all places, my piano is in my kitchen. Um, you do what you got, I guess. Apartment dwellings, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, what are you going to do? So like I'm standing in my kitchen in my apartment singing at my laptop but like totally by myself and people probably thought like there you have to kind of get past you know the fact that other people might hear you in a sense in a way that they might not usually like that was a weird thing for me thinking like ooh, my neighbors probably can hear me right now but I had and so I had to kind of remind myself to sing as fully as I normally would and one of the things I also learned to take into account is I was in my kitchen and my kitchen's in this little corner and so it was very loud it was really loud like and I'm sure it was loud into the mic too and so I had to learn to you know, maybe take a few steps back or ideally probably should have just moved to a different location, except I really liked having my piano right there to play notes and things like that. I also had to, I think, learn to be a little bit more vocal about what I was experiencing and what I needed. And that's something I would say to be aware of that because you really like you're not going to be able. I mean, unless I had really stepped back from my computer, you couldn't see my whole body. Or you and you're not hearing me exactly. And so I had to really be aware of myself and what I was experiencing. And I had to be able to put it into terms to you because it's just not the same. And we, you know, again, we had worked for a long time. And so we even had kind of that vocabulary built up so that I could. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so I could see, especially maybe if I hadn't been taking with you for as long, that that could have been an obstacle. But they're just. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, it, it's interesting to me some of the things you're saying specifically because I know Sarah, you're you're quite a you're quite a you're a good listener. You have a great ear, and you have a pretty clear sense of what the voice is doing acoustically. Mm-hmm. Because like I'm hearing you say like that you needed to be more vocal about what you were experiencing and needing. Um, I feel like none of the students that I currently teach have that capability. That is something I've run, and I'm interested to see because you know I teach kids essentially and i'm i'm interested to see how that goes because they don't have that capability yet but maybe this will encourage them and i think that's where what i was going to say is that you as the teacher can start to ask different questions to Mm -hmm. elicit those responses and get them to start to think a little bit more um in like to be able to verbalize things that normally they would just be consume 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 yes and then but as the teacher, I think it's important that you are aware that that is coming, that there is going to be that. How do I guide this conversation to help them have a, a response? Or how do I ask these questions so that they do say to me what they're feeling? Because I'm not right in their face and I can't just give, give, give. Um, well, and to not get them to pair it back. You know, to say what they think, because I think a lot of times it's really easy. We say what we think the person wants us to say instead of what we're actually experiencing. Oh, that's and so you good. really can't do. Yeah, well, because you and you really can't do that through these online lessons because that person's really not good. If I mean, you can, but they're not going to be able to help you at all if you do. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so the other it's, just, it's awkward... just a lot. Go ahead. Oh, it's just a lot of learning and just being willing to 
speak. And it's like you said, being patient, being patient when your internet cuts out for a second. Right. Or when you remember when we had that super weird lesson where every time I would go to sing, like there was that weird feedback. Yes. And then that took that was, like five or 10 minutes for us to work out and figure out why. So that kind of, I think we had takes to quit this, and restart. Yeah. You, you have, you have to give yourself room to say, Oh, you know what? We need to do a reconnect. Like hold that thought. Mm-hmm. Let's get back on this in a second, which takes a lot of mm-hmm maturity from both people too to be like hey pause let's fix this exactly (laughs) and also because I'm kind of a okay you know I'm outing myself here I I talk um a great deal I don't demonstrate a great deal but I do like I, I stop you a lot you know it's not like sing 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 I had to relearn like oh you know what I need to let her sing more because in real well, life, I would interrupt and be like, no, okay, stop, mm-hmm. do that again. <clears throat> where the, by the time I do that on online, where you're like, wait, what, huh? Ooh, ooh. And then we've lost, you know, like five harder. minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can't really interrupt the same way over these online conversations just because of the way these systems tend to mute or also it's harder to hear, right. et cetera, et cetera. And, and it, don't, you, don't you all think it's interesting that the things that, that you both are talking about are things that we know are, are kind of beneficial for motor learning based on what we think Thank we know you. about motor learning theory, right? Michelle was mentioning this about developing proprioceptive awareness with our students, right? Asking them how they what, what things feel like. That is incredibly beneficial, especially oh, yeah. when you're dealing with weird room acoustics or something yes. um, on, on the student's end. And then well, you're saying that, you're, you know, Mandy, you're saying that like having um, Sarah just like sing. Well, we know that it's better to do than to talk or to know yes. even and thank this you for is, saying I mean, that so in fact we're we're being forced into good habits right and it, it is, also is well and, go ahead <laughs> oh oh also, another thing from a student perspective is that it did force me to really take more ownership of my music mm-hmm. because you couldn't like <clears throat> play things for me like i needed to know i needed to really know the music not even just have it memorized because these were songs again like i was preparing for an audition and they were songs that I had known and sung for a while, but I needed to be able to really just start anywhere to, to know the tempo I wanted to go at and to stick to it. Cause that was something we worked through where like I would, I would sing slower or skip things. Cause like it just felt awkward. Right. So you, as a student, you'll have to definitely come prepared, like really prepared or it just doesn't work. I have a question in that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, so, 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 you know, like I'm teaching a lot of contemporary people. And so if nothing else, they can pull up some sort of terrible karaoke track on their phone just so that they have a, uh, something, a, gu- a guide rail to hold on to. It's, as far as I know, there's no Mozart karaoke tracks. That there is probably incor- are somewhere. Okay, that is incorrect. But what do we do? That is what incorrect. Do do? Okay, so let's, let's just deal with this now since Michael brought it up. Number one. It is good. Number one. App Companist is an app that allows the student to download the app and it has over 10,000 tracks of classical and musical theater. It has a musical theater library and a classical library. One, you can choose your tempo. Two, you can do fermatas. Three, you can change the key. Four, thank you, Alan Henderson and Nats. Because App Companist, which is currently only Mac OS, 
is rolling out early their Android accessibility. Oh, good. And in addition, from March 15th, they are offering it free to the Nats community for 30 days. That's and on top nice. of that, it, it, just so just uh, so we as we think about that, like, you know, singing with a computer, essentially, if it allays any fears from anyone, um, the people who originally developed that um, or one of the people who originally developed that actually got his master's at Westminster. And they in order to record the beginning parts of that app, mm-hmm. um, like the first, I think, like, like, I don't know an actual number, but, um, but all of the first like run out of that app um the music was actually played by someone who uh is in the liniment program um as an accompanist All right. um so these like this is a quality app um that that yeah it's not great to maybe have your students sing with the computer but in this situation like what other choice do you have and as a as a clarification too i do think michael brings up a good point like for example i have a lot of students currently in my studio who sing worship music it's pretty easy to get a track for a worship song Mm -hmm. it is different for a for a mozart aria and and that's why this is a other a a good recommendation the other thing i want to say about this is as a just general technical thing the student needs to have two devices they need to have a device Mm. that they're talking to you with via laptop Mm -hmm. or smartphone and they need to have an external device at least an external speaker where they can play the track using Mm -hmm. another device so that (laughs) because listen Please, this is just, a, again, a technicality. You as the teacher cannot play the accompaniment for them. No. That will no. not work. No. It, it doesn't matter what Don't your platform try. is. It doesn't matter how fancy you think your internet is or what audio equipment you have. That will not work. You not can't even work. play vocalises. You, okay, that, thank you. Can no, you, can you address that? Can you address that? You can't play, like, for instance, those of us who teach and are really comfortable at accompanying our vocalises, all you can do is give them the pitch. And what you want them to do. And then they have to parrot it back to you. Um, if you try to play along, it will always be a time lapse. You know, there it will not be a comfortable situation at all. So there is, again, just student uh, growth that has to happen there um, uh, where they feel comfortable, where they're singing, you know, a simple exercise. I don't care if it's a five note scale that they're able to do on their own without the piano playing with them. Um, you will not be able to, and I know this has been across all of these conversations already, you will not be able to play while your student is singing on the other end. It's a, it's a, now I know that all of our students are definitely already practicing on their own vocalises is <laughs> all the time. <laughs> um, I certainly know that I did as an undergraduate <laughs> student. However... This is a great opportunity to see. I mean, maybe your student is even in their own. This is a random suggestion. Maybe they're in. Maybe they have a keyboard in front of them, like Sarah. Maybe you can figure out. Does your student know how to walk through their own vocalises? Right. You know. Absolutely. Can they do this for themselves? At the same time, it in my experience, it has also mandated that I release control as a teacher as well, mm. which is altogether frightening. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, it's a, it's growth for me as well. And, and, um, I think in the end has made me a more observant and better teacher in the room 
for those that I do teach in person. Um, so it's, I think it's a win-win difficult, but a win-win across the board. Um, so I wanted to respond to something you guys are just sort of mentioning. I actually, just as a voice teacher, I think I remember David all saying this to me as like a college freshman that he felt like one of the greatest things he ever did as a voice teacher was just ask his voice students to come in at a, a lesson midterm and vocalize themselves. Like he just sat in his office chair and he said, go vocalize. And he just, he took, he took notes. That. He was paying attention, but I, I think it's an opportunity for incredible growth again to happen with our students taking ownership of their own stuff. Um, now, while we're on this, just I, just one thing, because I don't want to forget to mention it, and I wrote myself a note here. Another suggestion, and I just before we leave the general section, Josh, I'd like to hear some of your more generalized experience about teaching online. But as a general suggestion, because this is sort of a, I don't want to use the word emergency because I know we just declared a national emergency, but it, this is a temporary thing for some of us out of necessity. Something you might consider, there are two words you're going to start hearing in these forums about all this online business, because those of us who teach online regularly, we use these two words, asynchronous and synchronous. Synchronous is what sort of what we've been talking about. This would be you and a student logging on to your chosen platform, be it Zoom, be it Skype, be it FaceTime, be it uh, some other more fancy, be it voicelessons.com, be it Google Hangouts and you having a sort of quote-unquote traditional lesson. But I really think there's also the potential for the student to take advantage of this time and you to say, I want you to do these five vocalises, I want you to do these two pieces of repertoire, and as different files, I want you to email me a vocalise movie, a, 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 you know, a, a, a video file, and a repertoire file, send them to me. I will send you a video of feedback <coughs> back and do it asynchronously rather than feeling the pressure of is my audio right? Is my video right? Is our connection good? This, that, and the other. I think one of the things that I plan to do this the week after next is I hope to be able to... Con so I normally teach two half hours a week. I'm hoping that I can maybe connect with my students synchronously once and asynchronously connect with them another time is sort of my hope. Michael, you wanted to say, it looked like you wanted to say something. I don't remember what it okay. was. Okay, jo Josh, do you want to give us some, just more, some of your general experience before we hop into more technical stuff? Totally. Um, so, so I, I'm a tiny bit embarrassed, I think, um, to say this. Um, my first experience teaching online was last, last semester. Um, and it was because a very good friend of mine, actually, who, who is a listener of this program, Joseph Hitchcock, um, who you, you've, uh, emailed yeah. with, I think. I know, uh, who, I know who he is. Yeah. Dr. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah. Um, he was like, look, I'm, I, you know, really need a voice teacher. I just moved from Minnesota to Maine. Um, and I, you know, we had worked together a lot in New York and he was like, I trust you. I know what, you know, you know, my voice, can you please do this? And I was like, he's my, one of my best friends. I was like, you know, Joe, Joseph, I, I just, I just don't believe in 
in online lessons. I really just can't do this. <laughs> and, 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 and here he's we been are. actually asking me for over a year at this point. I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and and then he's like, look, I need this. I have an audition coming up. I want it like I have this show coming up. Like I I, I need this. And I said, okay, we'll try it, but I'm not going to charge you. I am I and I need you to get like a microphone. I need you to have an ethernet connection. I need you to make sure that your your internet is fast. Um, like I need you to do, I just gave him a laundry list. And so he, um, has his first lesson and, and, uh, and he didn't have his ethernet connection. Um, and, and it was an interesting time, um, with, with things kind of cutting out sometimes with us kind of becoming asynchronous in, in, in fact. Um, and, and it, and it taught me that I needed to just simply be asking him quite often, um, what his what his own experience was in that moment right because i knew that the things that i was hearing based on um the clipping that was happening with the microphone based on the high frequency distortion that was happening um that i was not hearing his actual voice but i could um make educated guesses as to what he could do that would make things easier um, the next time we had a lesson, I also did not charge him and I said, okay, let's just, you know, make sure you have all the stuff this time and we'll, and we'll try it. And it, and both of these lessons ended up being really, um, quite good for both of us. Um, and he's continued doing this a couple more times. Um, what I learned again was to make sure that I was asking that, uh, asking the, the student then, um, to take it, to take, to be, uh, uh to develop self-efficacy essentially. Right. Um, be able to say this is what I'm feeling. And even if I hear something, and I think it's good. If it doesn't feel good for him, um, then I'm wrong. And I have to be willing to be wrong in that moment um, and, and be fine with that. And that's fine because the technology is limited. Um, and then actually, I, I've had a couple other ones with former students who've moved around the country and um, have have kind of had some auditions coming up and they wanted to really quick get get back in the shape and i make those same stipulations um for every single student they need the ethernet connection they need to be wired to their modem um or to yeah to their to their router they need to have a microphone um that is outside of that is external external to their computer and i need to know what microphone it is um and then beyond that um then we just kind of work with technology that's inherently flawed amazing but flawed yeah yeah um yeah. before we dive into sort of the more <clears throat> specifics of the tech josh because that was a great transition actually um i i uh you know i just want to encourage all of you i don't think if if uh, particularly those of you who for those of you who this is like a little bump in the road and that's all it is don't feel the need to necessarily it be mandated that you go out and buy yourself a $400 video converter right. and buy yourself even a blue yeti like Sarah's talking into right now it's lovely it's new, is it new sarah no, no, it's not new. Uh, we've had it a few months now. How but many months? August. Am I a right in saying that August, when we yeah. did our lessons, you tried with that mic and it was worse than your laptop mic? 
didn't, I, I think I was too loud for it. Yeah, I think like again, you have to I just I, trial and error some things. Yeah, with it. actually, that's something I wanted to ask both of you, um, because I was um, doing some stuff that I'll talk about um, in in a little bit with um, different microphones and having mm-hmm. my um, girlfriend actually sing from our apartment, and I was at campus, um, and oh. we were trying different things out. Um, and I've only actually worked with tenors and baritones um, on uh, online lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and we found pretty consistently, if she got above the staff, um, we would have significant uh, issues with sound quality. Yep. Yeah. Um, now, I was just now, as I don't, if you if y'all saw me like not, you know, looking through some booklets, I was trying to figure out the. Um, uh, the sound intensity level, the thresholds, mm-hmm. dynamic mm-hmm. level thresholds for the different microphones that we used. And they are about 20 decibels um, lower than my like prof- my uh, like research, the mi- microphone I would use for research. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, our apartment is um, wood floors and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it's very. That, that's kind of how my my apartment was. So too. what has your experience been with um, working with treble voices? I think that, um, again, the room plays a big uh role in this we did figure out a very comfortable situation with sarah um where she would stand you you would stand probably halfway back into your kitchen and then yeah so you didn't end up seeing a lot of me (laughs) yeah i mean you i saw you well enough and and that's another note like being able to watch your student more um intentionally than when you're at the piano in the room is amazing um but uh so yeah you would stand about halfway back from your kitchen and then when Mm -hmm. we would need to converse more so you could you know you would come closer um i did teach a a coloratura online for a good chunk of what was it almost a year year at least a year um and where again a voice you knew a voice i knew that you had been teaching for a year prior to that and we had done a lot of growth um but she had her lessons in uh, a choir room of a church, which was carpeted, you know? And sure. so, but she didn't have any special mic. And I actually think that she was on her iPad on FaceTime with me. Um, and that was actually really quite easy to deal with. I mean, every once in a while, given the high, like higher frequencies, um, we would have some distortion, but we, we were able to do that fairly manageably. And that, and that makes sense. Is there like a general, like a, a general rule that you came about, like uh, became aware of in terms of like a pitch range that it became a little bit unstable? Um, I would say uh, n- I, most of the staff was fine. It was once we got like A and above, I would yep. say that things started to get a little wonky. Everything happens at A. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> the darn and of course, a. this could be just if honestly, this could be different based on um resonances in the room it could be different Correct. based yeah. on resonances in the microphone itself um it or it's it's totally possible that that what i was dealing with today was just simply um and a result of the room that 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 she was in and i think a lot of it in my experience was again knowing the voice but also making the educated guess like you were saying earlier mm-hmm. about what i was looking at and then what I was hearing, even through the distortion, exactly. you know, knowing that the little buzz that was happening was not her voice, obviously, you know, but, you know, what was happening on the microphone. Yeah. Um, and 
you start to become aware of those things and then you just say, okay, step back from the mic a little bit or step, you know, let me hear you or more in the, the center. Down. Correct. Go yeah. into the, the settings of your mic and turn down, you know, the right. input. Um, but I never had a, where I was like, oh, this is, this is not going to work. Um, nope, isn't, it, isn't it so exciting? I'm sorry. I'm just sitting here listening to this and I'm just so excited, guys. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I know that it, it might, it's, I almost feel like it's in poor taste to say that I'm excited given our circumstances right now, but isn't it so exciting? Like I think so many innovations come as the result of necessity. Yes. I, I think about, I mean, you know, like, there's all sorts of things. I mean, it's, it's interesting right now. Like there's, there's been talks off and on, you know, for years about, you know, like online voice lessons what do they look like people are like well mm -hmm. the best option is to just do it in person and it's like okay but we're in a situation where we literally can't and suddenly there's all of this beautiful anecdotal data yes. just gonna be floating around across the country in a in across the world in tons of situations tons of different internet connections tons of different rooms tons of different ears uh and and, and people are learning i mean Honestly, a lot of voice teachers and a lot of students are probably learning what it means when 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 Josh says turn the gain down. What does he <laughs> mean? Right. You know. What it, what do you mean? You know? It's also It's exciting to me. It's it was really nice to hear Josh talk about his very first experience because I think a lot of the people who are talking to us right yeah. now have been doing this for years and years and years and this is old hat for them. This is like, "Oh, this is yeah. no big deal." But then you have somebody like Josh come and say, I wasn't going to do it because that's crazy, you know? And then you talk through like, yeah, it was a mess. Yeah. It was, you know, weird. Yeah. And I couldn't, I, I, whatever. I think that people but, out there are going to experience all of that and they need to know that is normal. It's normal to it's have that first normal. lesson and be like, what? And remember, well, I mean, and the reality is like the, the reason I had an issue with it was because the tech, like the, the, it, let's be honest with ourselves. The video conferencing technology is, is built for what? Talk. Talking. Talk. Talking. <laughs> Talking. It's not built for singing. Right. It's, no. What we're using this for is not what it was designed for. And right. very, very few of us actually know what's going on in the algorithm under the hood. Right. So when right. we say that around like GRA, there's, there's something that seems to be happening where like it, it gets a little wonky. The likelihood is that that's in the algorithm. Right. And... And it, yeah, I mean, but Michael, what you're saying is that like you're you're a little bit excited because of the the innovation that's possible. I'm honestly also excited for the creativity that's possible. Yes, I'm tr now. Once I finally get emails from my students, <laughs> of this, um, I really want my students to to use this as a learning experience so that they can learn how to use social media both for their own um, benefit and to share their art. If I can get my students to, okay, first answer emails, but then um, <laughs> put like videos of themselves performing mm -hmm. with an app like App Confidence even, or with a recorded right. track from one of our wonderful um, collaborative <coughs> pianists here, mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. you know, put that on, on, or acapella, put that on YouTube or put that on Facebook or put that on, um, you know, TikTok or whatnot, <laughs> uh, you know, like, yeah. They, they, there are all these opportunities that we that don't they can engage really, in. We, we haven't explored because it hasn't been absolutely necessary. Well, now it's absolutely necessary. And can I yes. just say that a year ago, over a year ago, I floated the idea, we were at a dinner, Matt Edwards, 
and Scott McCoy and myself were at a dinner in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And Matt was telling us about all the curricular changes they were going through at Shenandoah. And I was like, well, you know what I'd like to get worked through? I would like all of our senior recitals to happen on YouTube. And I, I, w- I said, I would like our senior recitals to be YouTube videos that the student is required to get X number of views to pass. That's and, the music world today. And here's the thing. So, so Vocal Fam, this is a great opportunity for you to think <coughs> about these different ways to market your students' recitals, to market your own materials. Not only that, but it's a great opportunity for these students to get to invest in this world. And another thing that was said last night, that Matt did say last night, this is a great chance for voice teachers to acquaint ourselves with the world of signal chain. Yeah. And mm, and yeah. understanding I mean they Sarah and Mike are shaking their heads cuz they took CCM ped with me where we talked about signal chain and Josh yeah. is a digital signal processor. We're all talking about signal chain. I mean Josh and Ian and Kayla and Chadley and I talk about signal chain <laughs> I think every day. Um in some In fact, co- I think that I think I think Ian probably said it today when I was having issues with Kelsey's lesson. I, right. And so um but you know it's a great chance for Here's another thing, Vocal Fam, on this, because I want to dive into the tech. Consider trial and error. I understand that when you're listening through headphones, you're not getting bone conduction hearing. I understand the science of that. But I will tell you, I think that the audio platforms, the video conferencing platforms work better if you are on headphones. Not the student, but you the teacher. So just consider getting used to hearing your student on headphones. Matt said that last night. You know, especially if you're working, as Michael was saying, with contemporary singers, and you're working with musical theater singers, get used to, because look guys, they're gonna sing through a microphone. Guess what? Every Broadway singer that you're hearing right now is having roughly five to 8,000 hertz enhanced in their audio signal. Did you know that? Well, you should know that because it's happening whether you know it or not. It's happening in the theater and it's happening on all their recordings. We can look at their recordings and the sound engineer is just boosting what they would call the mid-range. And as Josh would point out in digital signal processing terms, the mid-range, guess what? They call it nasal. And so there, there's a whole world of audio to learn here. But anyway, we're talking about the short term. Sorry, I'm getting away from myself. So Josh, <laughs> one of the things we've been talking about, everybody sort of wants to know about mics and audio platforms and this kind of thing. And I just want to start out by saying, I really, Vocal Fam, this needs to be about your students. It's not so much about your yeah. audio. You cannot be teaching the lesson by just modeling, now listen to me sing and do it that way. It's about mm-hmm. their audio and your ears and eyes. So Josh, tell us some of the things you've been learning today. Uh, sure, so, uh, so Nick says I'm uh, learning because I've been spending uh, basically all today um, working with uh, four different microphones, um, three USB mics and one, and then an internal mic, and actually also an Earthworks M30, which is a flat response microphone. Flat response means what you put in is what you get out, um, roughly. Um, so I've been playing with these different microphones, and I'm actually doing a bit of a write-up for my uh, website, um, which is just taking a little longer than I anticipated, because um, there's a learning curve for everything. <laughs> 
um, including making little like little YouTube videos. Um, oh. Because yeah. I'm super type A. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, hey, but it's going to look funny. Um, so let's see. So first of all, when we're thinking about these microphones, I look, if I asked y'all, oh, I was thinking about this. I like this one. If I ask y'all, who's your favorite doctor? Oh, goodness. Gregory Who House. Would you say? Okay. Uh-huh. The 10th one. Kidding? Okay. No, no. Favorite doctor? No, no. It's it's twelve. Oh, are we all going around? We're all going around. Oh, okay, yep. totally ten. David Tennant all the way. Okay. It's this. You'll hear. Everyone else will hear it next week, but I, I'll say ten for a short answer. Okay. And can we go back around and say which one was your first doctor? Nine. 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 Mm-hmm. But but yeah, nine. So ba- so so. Uh, Eccleston started and you and you just started watching? Yes. No, no, I went back and watched from the beginning. Oh, you're right. I liked 10 the most. Be- I li- 10 was my first one because I watched a handful of episodes of 10 and then I went, well, okay, let's start at the beginning of this reboot no, we thing. We definitely started at the we beginning. We started at the beginning. Because yeah, we were okay, told nice. to start like, at the beginning. I, I so, think we, I think I told y'all, we watched like, bl- I watched Blink and then was like, yes! okay, it's time to start from Sarah, the beginning. We are, Sarah, we are on the same page. He's going to yeah. yes. educate yeah. us here about something. Uh, <laughs> I'm waiting for it. No, no. So my, my, my point is this, if I, if I buy a microphone, right, the likelihood mm. is that the microphone that I recommend to people is going to be that microphone. Oh, yeah. You guys kind of blew my experiment there because I Sorry. thought that everybody was going to say that their favorite doctor was the first one that they saw. Like, Matt Smith is mine, even though David Tennant is better. Matt Smith is mine because he's the first one I watched. I get it. That wasn't my long answer where I was, you know, if if that makes you feel better, I say, like, oh, (laughs) 10 is, like, my love. But at the same time, 9, like, I have a soft spot for him, and I always feel torn where I'm like... I do love nine. For those of you so who that, don't know that what makes we're you feel better about your experiment. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this was a three minute conversation about Doctor Who, the television show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I, just so since, since we might have listeners who are not normally with us. Go ahead, Josh. So my apologies. <laughs> I thought that was gonna be cute and relevant to local pride. It was. It was. It's oh. very cute and re- <laughs> relevant. Absolutely. <laughs> so so when we talk about microphones, everybody's going to say, oh, we want to get this microphone. We want to get that microphone. We want to get a make sure your students get a low cost one. Make sure that they have a good enough one because quality matters. Right. Yes. yes. Um, and we'll get all of these different things. And, and I think that what we've been talking about today, which I'm really thankful for and grateful for, is is about knowing your limitations. Right. Yes. Knowing the limitations of you as a teacher, knowing yes. limitations of the technology. Um, of the internet, of you know, of the internet connection, of the microphone as well. Here's the thing: I'm looking at these different microphones, and I need to go back and listen to them now, um, listen to the recordings a little bit more. But as I was working with them, um, you know, I looked at a $27 one, I looked at a $40 one, and I looked at a $120 one, and I looked at a $700 one. Um, and don't worry, Mandy. I already had the seven hundred dollars okay, one. Okay, thank the and Lord. My school, my, my school <laughs> bought it. Don't worry about it. It's like, um, my gosh. <laughs> um, you know, so the most important thing when we're looking at these microphones, um, two things, in fact. One, we need to know what the polar pattern is. We need to know if it's a, an omnidirectional microphone or a cardioid microphone, and all of this is in the manual. A cardioid microphone picks up. Uh, signal in front of it but not behind it well in front and to the sides but not behind 
And an omnidirectional, it's omni, it, it, it picks up signal all around it. Um, with an omnidirectional microphone, you will get more of the sound of the room in there, right? You'll get reflections from the room, but you don't then deal with something called the proximity effect. And this is super important. When you're dealing with a cardioid microphone, if you are close to it by like about like four, uh, I forget the actual uh, distance, but I, let's say um, if you're reasonably close to the microphone, you'll deal with something called the proximity effect. Um, and th what that does is it makes it boosts lower frequencies. It will artificially make the voice sound darker. It's what my mic is doing right now. And, in, and Sarah, you could do a really great demonstration of this. You're on Omni right now, I think. The circle? Uh, no, I'm not on the circle, but I could be. Are, okay, so you're on the... Go to the circle. I'm on the first one, yeah. Okay, go to the full circle. I'm on the full circle. Good, and stay just that close to the... Right up to the mic. Hello, friends. Good, now switch it to cardioid, which is the one with the dip in the middle. Okay. Hello again, it's still me. And you notice that it starts sounding a little bit different. Yeah. Right? Maybe um, I'll do. <clears throat> yes. I'm sorry. Oh, I just I was joking that I don't really hear myself, so <laughs> it's it's essentially the radio announcer effect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right? The yes. radio announcers will um use the the type of microphone to kind of try and make them sound a little bit darker. A little bit cooler. Oh. It's kind of like the beginning That's what of the I've vocal really fry been doing episode. This whole We're going to be listening time. to some slow jazz. You're today. listening <laughs> to vocal In case fry. you're wondering, my voice is way more nasal and bright than this you that go. you actually hear on episode. <laughs> <laughs> so don't expect so, so for my voice. Use this, professionals use this to their advantage all the time, right? Yes. Right. But if we don't know this and you don't know what you are, what microphone your student is using... Mm -hmm. And they're all the way this close to the microphone. I got really close to the microphone in case you didn't hear the difference. But you <laughs> did because it's a cardioid microphone. Um, so if you don't know what microphone they're using, then there's no way to know um, if the thing that you're hearing is a function of the microphone or a function of the voice. Mm -hmm. The next thing that's important is something called the frequency response, which is also in the manual. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of an um, explanation of what a frequency response is on that web page. Um, and, and I, and I hope it'll be very clear, but most of us are used to this. If we look at it, if we've seen a spectrum before or a power spectrum on Voce Vista or something, then we're used to seeing, um, you know, frequency as a relation, as it relates to sound intensity. And that's all a frequency response is. It tells us how much energy is in different frequencies. And then more specifically, it tells us how the microphone colors or filters the sound. And so if I'm looking at like, let's say, can you all can the vocal fan can't see that, see this, but can you all see this line? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Is that a what? How would you describe that line? Flat. It's pretty flat line. straight. It's super flat. That's so the what earthworks. I just showed, it's the earthworks. So that's what I just showed everybody um, other, uh, on the podcast right now. I just showed everybody the um, frequency response for the earthworks, which I will also put on my website. It's flat which tells us that what you put in is what you get out. Now, if we look at our, our favorite microphone ever, the Yeti <laughs> on Omni, yeah. what do we see? Oh, well, big boost in the high straight. range. Big oh, boost. And actually, uh, yep, big boost in the high range and a huge attenuation in the low. In the low, yeah. yes. 
which actually is why my demonstration didn't work quite so well with with um Sarah. Yeah, sorry, um, guys. No, 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 no. It's it's the Yeti's fault, not ours. Oh. <laughs> I should have remembered that because I was going to demonstrate it. So the other one that I just showed you is the cardioid. So essentially, we can look at these. Um, if we know what how to read a spectrum, we can mm -hmm. look at a frequency response and understand how our <clears throat> students are going to be filtered by the microphone. Yeah. If if Sarah is singing into her microphone and it's an Omni, in it, mm -hmm. it since she's using a, a Yeti, a Blue Yeti, um, if it's on the Omni setting, I can anticipate that the lower frequencies are going to be attenuated a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right? Compared Which... to, say, if someone's singing on with an Earthworks or, say, the, the smaller, um, uh, the, the other low-tier mic that, I, that I'm looking at. And just from a perception point of view, voice teachers, from a very basic, basic perspective, it will mean that you will not possibly hear as much of the fundamental particularly in her lower range or in a male voice and you may think that the voice is weighted brighter yeah and exactly. potentially more, more nasal or more shrill even though it's not nasal so you could hear more nasality that's not nasality exactly. you could be hearing more buzz and, and, and the, the reason you're doing that is because you're hearing more of those higher parts of the spectral energy and you're not hearing the warmth and the roundness of the fundamental itself, potentially. Exactly. And imagine if, if you had a microphone that attenuated frequencies or, or lessened intensity around, say, like 3,000 hertz and you were teaching an operatic male singer. And you may oh, not hear yeah. singers form it and that would totally distort mm -hmm. what you were hearing. Right. right? So... so is a suggestion that as I'm talking practical now for people yeah. who like me who are not like, oh, yes, the microphone to view voice teaching more holistically and from a bigger picture rather than trying to fix the minute is is that I think honestly, I think if you it depends how you teach, right? Like yes. that it, if if one is a holistic teacher and um, like, for example, I don't really teach. I don't really talk about breathing a lot. I just have people mm -hmm. do things that require them to breathe and mm -hmm. use air. Mm -hmm. um, that's, but that's my bias. That's my own pedagogy. Um, it's also it's vocal fries. But anyway, moving yeah. on. But, but, but yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. But, but I could imagine that if someone really focused on posture and breathing, which is a door that one can go through and it's totally valid. Sure. Um, it, and they're watching someone on the screen and they're breathing clavicularly, for example. Well, yeah, that person's going to focus more on that right. than, say, um, someone like me, where I I do focus on colors and timbres mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. in it in a singer. So it's more helpful to me um, uh, to know what that how the microphone is is changing Function, that color yeah. because that's one of my main indicators you know, um, that I can I that I attach to. I'm wondering if I'm I'm sure there's a I'm sure that there's like a a very simple graphic somewhere that we could share. If not, someone should just make one that just has a very basic, like, this. if this range is low on your manual, on your microphone manual, this is probably what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, well, but, I mean, but you can just, you can basically say anything under 1,000, if it's attenuated, it's going to sound a bit brighter. Anything yes. um, over three or 4,000 or higher, if that's attenuated, it's going to sound darker. Or if it's boosted, it's going to sound brighter. 
add that too. And that's exactly. one thing, like, for example, one of the really common vocal mics, like even if you think you have a very fancy, uh, quote unquote, vocal mic, like yeah. the Rode NT1A, I have one of those. It has actually a flatter frequency response than you'd think, but it does boost the high end a bit. Sure. And so, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, it's just it's just an awareness thing. Um, so know your and, and actually, know so your if materials. I could just answer Mandy, if, if I could just then like really answer your question, um, you said should people is this saying that people should stay holi- more holistically? I'd say no. I'm not necessarily saying that people should um, kind of. Tilt Avoid that this, way, right? given this information, they should just be aware be of the aware. limitations, yeah. which is exactly what you said earlier today. Right. What which people the... should be aware of in person as well. I think you know. I mean, like we've talked about previously, being in person in the room that you're in. Yes. What's the issue? You know what I mean? This is a thing. This is yeah. well. And in this fact, there's always fun, true. Then there's a fun exactly, and there's a fun um, little Picard PhD, like maybe the first one that we did, where we actually yeah. demonstrated. Um, room acoustics, right? Which yes. is also, I think, something we should be paying attention to. That was um, that was multiple episodes ago, but not too far back in our catalog. And that conversation starts at about minute forty-five of that episode. Just FYI, exactly. right? And so, for example, one of the things I'm going to be playing with. Um, well, I don't have to actually play with it, it unless I teach in my apartment. Um, but uh, if you have wood floors, if you have a, a, a room that really echoes, put a blanket down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Do things that into in your that that make your space more uh, uh, absorbent, uh, absorptive. And if you notice your student has those types of issues, you can suggest the same thing for them, mm-hmm. you know, to make a, less reflections. A couple for, of episodes ago when we had Yvonne and Lori on, we were talking about Yvonne was talking about some of the high DB level voices that she deals with in, yep. in her own mm-hmm. studio and I was telling a story about how one year I had a bunch of big boy tenors in the studio and I had to end up, my ears got tired and I hung a blanket. Michael will remember this. I actually hung a blanket right behind me where I taught Yep. and that fixed everything. Um, can, can I just say one thing real quick, a, 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 a sort of a side journey just for a second on the thing about the rooms. Cause I wanted to say it when you brought it up, Mandy, about, you know how you and Sarah were working and Josh also this idea of working in a uh, in a less wood covered room or bangy room which is great one of the things i'm a little bit trepidatious about is with our students going home i strongly want to encourage my colleagues to consider maybe doing a conference with multiple students because I really want to discourage the idea that you're going to teach your voice student while they're in their bedroom. And I'm saying this from the perspective of ethics. I just really want to encourage the student to be in as public a part of their home as they can be realizing that some of these folks may be living in studio apartments and they may have no other choice. But we also need to recognize that these students could have challenges like living in an apartment where they may, it might be illegal for them to sing. Yep. So we want to be wow. respectful of all these things. But I just want to encourage you, if you are a college professor, or particularly if you're teaching under 18-year-olds to teach online, and you're teaching online, I extremely want to encourage you, if you're teaching minors, 
to maybe have a parent on the call with you. Two, if you're teaching a college student, I really want to encourage the idea maybe of multiple person lessons or at best them teaching in a public space of their home. Yes, Sarah, you wanted to say something. The thing to keep in mind, though, with that is that a lot of families might not want that student to be taking their voice lesson in a public part of their home. I know my family would not have appreciated me taking over the den, kitchen, living any sort of public area for my lesson. But but this is just an issue that I wanted to prepare the vocal fam to think about ahead of time. Yes, yes. Just if they're, for example, one of the things you might want to think about, vocal fam, is sending out a document to your studio Mm -hmm. saying, here are some guidelines. For example, I don't want any of my students in their pajamas. Yeah, that I would, I I think you're saying that. I want them to be dressed. be sensitive to you know that their families might not be as supportive. I understand that, but I but the idea of them being in a bedroom, I, I think there are ethical concerns there that are that I, that that are there is what I'm that, saying. That makes At a minimum, lot of sense, especially yeah. given past things that have happened. Yeah, no, it's definitely a concern. It's both sides have that. You know, there's yes. there's two but sides. But if we think broadly, I think this is really important. Like, uh, we. We need to have, especially those of us in academia and, and also people who, who, you know, teach for, for uh, not a salary. Um, it, it, those of us in academia, though, we need, we need, we are, we have a fiduciary responsibility to uh, teach these lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, we yes. are, we need to teach these lessons. Um, there are things that I'm saying, for example, I've suggest, I've told my students that I, I, encourage them to be looking at different microphones i encourage them or i require them to have an ethernet connection mm-hmm. um and uh and something else oh i think i mentioned something about upcompanist or something like that oh if they needed a webcam that they should be doing that so i could see them um oh, yeah. but here's the thing not all i i don't know the situations for all of my students but i know that back in the day when i was their age um I would have had a really difficult time getting that equipment. Yeah, buying um, a mic. Buying that equipment. Right. Now granted, I'm I'm looking at mics that are really affordable cost, right? And but for some people that's a significant barrier. Um and I think that all of us should be aware of these different experiences. For example, Sarah's family would not have appreciated her being in a public space. Um, that's not something that like I necessarily would have experienced. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and vice versa. I've never had a, or in, in the same kind of light, I've never had a, uh, a teacher who was predatory. Right. right. So I, I, that's not part of my experience either. Um, yeah. so I think this idea that we're all in a, you know, relatively <laughs> stressful time in our lives um, everybody's dealing with different things and we don't necessarily know this, this, you know, the stressors of the other, the things that other people are, um, dealing with, right. Whether that's financial, mm-hmm. whether that's emotional, whether that's not having a good internet connection. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's another issue. Michael, go ahead. I, I just wanted to say, you know, Josh, what you're saying right there at the end, uh, I, I find this to be true when people come in in person for a voice lesson, but it can be even more true when it is an online thing, um, you are seeing the smallest, lamest window of somebody's life. You know, people are, particularly when it's an online thing, 
so I think it's very important to be cognizant of the the wide variety of situations that people are in, you know? I mean, it's just, it's the way that it is. So, I mean, it's a stressful time for everybody. And, you know, like you said this at the beginning, uh, to some degree, but just to say again, like, like, I think that because of the nature of the, the conversation, the world conversation we're having right now, mm-hmm. I think it's so important to go first and foremost, like, hey, like th- there is a baseline of safety, security and encouragement within the, these lessons that we're either we're, that we're teaching, you know, like as, as we all know, um, the learning ends when people stop feeling safe, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. th- when they stop feeling secure. Yeah. And so if if whatever it takes for that to happen, if that means that person needs to wait for the one hour that their family is not home, that they stayed home from Lowe's, you know? Because you're (laughs) stepping into their home, in essence. It's almost like you've walked into their house to teach, which I've now done that. And, like, that is a next... That that is a different level of intimacy, walking into somebody's home to teach, which this would be. I mean, when we had our lessons, you know, Aria might run through the room barking, but that could be... Like, there are just interruptions that you can't account for or expect a thing I thought of as far as like accountability there is always the possibility that like some of these some of the different um I think Skype would allow this and maybe Zoom that you could potentially record your lessons if you're wanting to keep that accountability. Almost like, all if you the online keep, platforms allow yeah. that and if you yeah. want to keep that record of like you know accountability for yourself proof whatever of what your lessons looked like that is always an option um we have colleagues who record every video less every lesson video for sure um anyway this this has been really good but before we leave mics josh did you have out of the what were the mics that you tested today specifically other than the earthworks of course well yeah other than the earthworks um so i looked at the blue yeti um the blue yeti microphone which has uh four different polar patterns um i all of these are usb mics um the blue snowball ice which is a cardioid microphone uh-huh. um and the samson go mic which is an omni and cardioid um and when he so, says usb that means you can plug it directly into your computer's usb port and take you and s- listen on some operating systems you may have to mute your internal mic and actually manually right. select that microphone it mm-hmm. depends on your computer's operating system sorry go ahead josh so, of course so those are the three that i was looking at i also did some um uh, recordings with an internal mic from a macbook pro and also um did the a couple of those mics i used with wi-fi and with ethernet um and, and switch between the two. Um, so I'll be looking at those tonight um, and put, as I said, putting something on my website about that. Um, and what's your website called? JoshuaGlasner.com. Fancy. dot com. So um, the, the thing that surprised me that I'm not used to dealing with lately um, is the um, dynamic range. Mm. of the microphones um we had to now my uh my girlfriend has a wonderful a beautiful voice um and she is a a soprano um she is not a lyric or a dramatic soprano or uh, any or a spent or like anything on the higher and she was not belting um and she was blowing out the mic at all but the 
lowest gain setting. Um, that may have been partially because of our apartment, as I the, said. The, right, yeah. But the dynamic range of the Samsung and the Yeti are uh, 121 decibels and 120 decibels, um, uh, 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 respectively. According to their manuals. According to their manuals, right. So it could be yeah. actually lower than that. Mm -hmm. um, for compare and, and so one of the things that we did do is we had her back up further because of the um uh the distance mm -hmm. law that me that basically says that your uh your dynamic range decreases by six decibels so it it uh decreases by what by 50 percent so perceptually i forget what the number is ian would be able to tell us um but it decreases by six decibels for every um doubling of distance Right. And vice yeah. versa. It increases mm -hmm, by six mm -hmm. decibels for every doubling yeah. of mm -hmm. uh, right. for yes. every mm -hmm. halving of distance. Yes. Um, which means that if you get very close to the microphone um, and speak at the same sound intensity level, the microphone is actually going to pick you up louder. Correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This right? is why so signal if, chain is important, folks. Exactly. Yes. So if you back the, the, the fix for that is to back up, it's going to obviously change the sound and it's going to basically be filtered by the room then which is yes. yet another thing you have to be thinking about mm -hmm. um which is fine but it's just something that we need to be thinking about can i just do yeah, a maybe little... even ask like ask your student hey do you have hardwood floors are you standing on carpet exactly. right now you know and to give no. you an example vocal fam i know josh did the example where he got close to his mic i'm gonna make a noise and I'm actually going to make it softer than the volume level I'm currently talking. And I'm already, as they'll verify, I'm already right on my mic. I have my mic yep. right at my mouth. But I'm going to make a noise, and, and, and then I'll, I'll tell you what I did. <laughs> so all I work at Hot Topic now. <laughs> so I actually just made less noise than I did before, but I just wrapped my hands around the microphone, which if you ever watch any of like the screamo artists, they will use their hand as the, a lot of the manifestation of that sound that they get is, is done that way with an effect that they're doing with their hands. So that's just one example of just how different the mic will potentially make the voice. All of us were just waiting for what sound that was going to be. We had no idea what was going to happen. I just sounded like, Sarah, do you remember that day in TED class? Oh my God. We're yes, I do. Like, oh my God. Just, just going through that Matt Edwards book going, okay, uvular trill. Am I doing it? Am I doing <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, we've had some good times together. Um, we've had. I, I want to just transition really quickly um, to uh, uh, our, have our last segment. Uh, Josh, did you have anything else you wanted to add on the microphones? I, I'll just just to summarize um, the. You know, let's be aware of the microphone that we're using. Beware of the polar pattern. Right. Be aware, rather, not beware of the polar pattern. That sounds <laughs> ominous. Jeez. Oh, jeez. <laughs> um, it's like a polar bear or something. Um, okay. So yeah, be aware of the polar pattern. Is it cardioid? Is it omni? If it's cardioid, then the proximity effect is going to take an, is going to be um, an, an issue potentially if you're close to it. Um, room acoustics, right? Pay, which we talked about on on Picard PhD a couple week, a number of weeks ago. Um, and the uh, 
uh, dynamic range, right? So if you have, these are just things you have to know. If, if it seems like you're, um, let's see, what would it sound like? If, if the mic is clipping, then it just sounds like there's really high frequency noise. And if that's happening, then you have to lower the gain. Mm -hmm. um, overall, the, the student is going to need to have a mic. Most likely they're going to have to have some sort of mic um, it, but it doesn't like, don't go on Amazon and buy a blue Yeti because everybody says that you should buy a blue Yeti, go find a microphone, figure out what the frequency response is. Um, understand that there are going to be limitations and understand that your instructions are going to have to change based on those limitations. Um, and please, please, please plug in your computers to an ethernet cable. Yep. If you're able, yes. Also, make sure your stuff is charged, or at least have it plugged in, because yeah. uh, that would be yeah. really That's annoying. Another well, issue. I mean, uh, but no, I mean, and I should say, Nick, like everybody has. Um, if you have Wi-Fi, then you have the ability to plug in your yes, uh, yes. your your computer to an, with an Ethernet cable. You could get a 100 foot um, cable. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you could get a 100 foot Ethernet cable and wrap the thing through your apartment for the hour of your lesson. Yes. I, I actually. It's not I went out and bought us a 75-foot cable for the house right. so that we could run it from our router into the other room where the piano is. I would also and say on the end of this that, you know, most of us, I think, are either in a spring break, if we are in academics right now, we're either in a spring break, about to head into the extra spring break that we are yeah. having so oh, yeah. that we can figure out what's happening after that. Um and it's probably at that point that we're actually going to start hearing back from our students, communicating with our students about this. That doesn't mean that if they don't have a mic immediately, that you can't have a lesson. You know, right. get on right. the computer and make contact with these students because you might be the only person that they actually look at and have a conversation with that keeps them connected to their schooling, you know, right. where it's one-on-one. -on -one. So Please have, be reaching out have to the lesson, even if it's just with the computer mic until they can get something, you know, because exactly. wasted time is still like wasted time, you know? And that's what exactly. I, I wanted to ask Josh uh, about, you said you had tested the, did a little bit with uh, just the internal mic with the MacBook Pro. And I wanted to ask you like, was that completely, completely terrible, or was it like not the best? But I could as, make a lesson work. As as Mandy said, it's it's not the worst. It's you're with any in, uh, internally housed microphone, you're going to get a lot of high frequencies usually, and you're going to get some computer noise. Right. You're going to have high frequencies, and you're going to get some really low frequency buzzing, mm -hmm. and possibly some sort of distortion if you're if the sound is going through the um, uh, speakers. The internal speaker, the computer speakers, um, mm. built-in speakers, rather. Uh, so no, it's 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 doable. It's not ideal, but it's doable. Correct, correct. Um, I just want to pivot a little bit quickly here at the end. Sorry, I've actually been writing down time codes, which I never do. But again, I'm just trying to make this a user user-friendly episode. I want to yeah. pivot to online course delivery a little bit, really sure. quickly, because this is something yeah. I've been doing for a number of years now. Um, the the first thing I want to say is teaching an online class is when I started. I thought it was just as easy as I record the lecture, I upload my PowerPoint, and blah 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 blah, and. Yeah. Sometimes that's what an online course is like. But I want to just share some wisdom that I've learned over the years about teaching online. Number one, I want to encourage everybody out there not to try to reinvent the wheel in the next eight days. Yeah. 
There are plenty of good resources out there. Let's do our job as curators of information and find the valuable YouTube links that will provide information about your topic, find the valuable Wikipedia pages, find the valuable articles, find valuable online materials. For example, let me give you an example. In my grad acoustics course, we are already well through perception and into acoustics, and we're ready basically to start talking about dealing with tenor, baritone, and bass voice acoustics and dealing with treble voice acoustics from the acoustics. And when I say acoustics, I mean dealing with vocal tract resonances and, uh, and oscillating frequency harmonic interactions, okay? Um, for those of you who are non-voice teachers maybe listening to this, I mean dealing with resonance essentially. Um, and one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to take one of Ken Bozeman's interviews. He's the author of our textbook. I'm going to take one of his interviews on YouTube. There are a few of them. And I'm going to send that with some specific questions, like answer, short answer questions, as a week's assignment. I've already done this in the perception unit when we watched Dr. Howell's videos on singing voice perception. So I really want to encourage you. There are, there are, there are materials, and it's, it's our job to verify the source, okay? So don't think that you have to reinvent the wheel this week. Find an online article. Find an article that you know they'll have access to, open access to through your library. Send them the article. Set, read the Wikipedia page. Maybe the Wikipedia page on the topic you want to talk about is pretty good. Guess what? There are some of those. I mean, you know, but you verify the information rather than desperately trying to create your own video content in eight days and it being honestly not very good. If you do try to create your own content in, the, in a short amount of time, I want to encourage you with one particular idea that Michelle Marquardt DeVoe brought up on the voicelessons.com thing last night. Keep your materials short. Yes. Mike Elson, who runs voicelessons.com, would tell you, and Michael and I have talked about this with Vocal Fry stuff, the online attention span is 2 minutes and 59 yep. seconds. Yes. It ends yep. at 2 minutes and 59 seconds. They will, a- they will not pay attention to anything after 2 minutes and 59 seconds. So you may craft the most perfect 50-minute lecture. No one is paying attention to you. I was just about to say, like, if you would, if you would turn the video off or like if your, if your son or your younger brother would turn the YouTube video off before it finishes, your video is too long. That's it. it. It's too long. And, And so you can't think of this as traditional course lecture delivery. Um, I would also say in general, and we talked about this with the voice lessons, in an online class as well, students need to take ownership of their own learning. I will say, in the online coursework, I've always been kind of impressed with my students who were homeschooled um, because they're more used to and accustomed to having to take ownership of their own education versus not, not, to, not to put them above or whatever. It's just an observation I've made. Um, 
And I, I, I just, we need to, we need to be ready for our students to engage in this process as well. I think one of the most difficult parts, and I just want to say this so they feel seen. I think our ensemble directors, our theater directors, our opera directors, our symphony directors, they are in a very unenviable position. This is yes. not an easy task. And I think we need to give them grace as we as as students are upset about ensembles, about opera performances, about plays that are getting postponed or canceled or concert tours, choir tours, symphony tours, whatever it is, I, I think we need to be ready to give grace to our ensemble colleagues um, as we move forward the, for the, at least for these next few weeks. Um, they, they have it. Not that there aren't online learning challenges, and I want to encourage those of you in higher ed, there is a really good Facebook group going um, that's called something like... I'm going to post it in there later today. This, this in there. It's called uh, Music Lessons in Higher Ed During the Era of COVID-19 or something like that. Um, and I just want to encourage all of you who are in that boat, know that we see you, know that it is not an easy job and that there have been some threads on there with learning activities in terms of ensembles. So know that you're not alone. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to do this episode was to say to the vocal fam, you are not alone. Because here's one of the things that Michelle and Kristen, Sarah, you'll verify this, they talked about as independent teachers in general that they feel isolated a lot of the time. And it's one of the reasons that Michelle created Speakeasy was so that indie teachers didn't feel isolated. Teaching online can feel very isolating because we're used to going to the mail room and having a conversation about Dvorak. I mean, you know, because that's what you'd... (laughs) Who does that? Okay, Ben Williams and I... I was was about to say... There's like two, maybe three (laughs) people that do that. That's also when Michael Rushing leaves the room. Um, (laughs) I'll never forget when when I figured out with Mata how to create inner ear distortions... And I was describing it to Ben. Michael was not having he was it. He was, he was not dumb. having it. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I just, we all need to be here for each other. This is a time for us to be here for each other, to be learning from each other, to have open doors and, uh, you know, just support each other because we're going to get through this. And, um, you know, it's, it, none of us are going to be perfect in the next two weeks, mm-hmm. three weeks, month. Six weeks. We and, do what we need to do. And we're going to do what we need to do because we all love our students. You know, like- I can't help but think the whole time I've been thinking this and, uh, you know, been thinking of Moana, the movie Moana the whole time. <laughs> We've been, in, in part, be- in small part because I've been thinking about my first, the first online voice lesson I taught there was a, there was a 14 year old girl who was determined to sing how far I'll go. Um, but more than that, I was thinking about the beginning of that movie where she runs in and she says, we were voyagers, y'all. We were voyagers. And I think in the singing she world, I think in a lot of ways, like, you know, you hear, you hear in music history, the, the idea of museum no. culture. Okay. You know, like we, we stick to what we know. Um, and I'm excited. Like I said at the beginning, I'm excited about where all of this is going in part because 
I think it's pushing people out. The uh, the darkness has touched our island, y'all. Uh, and now we are on a voyage together, and we're not alone, and we're going and we're doing some stuff. And you know, we might not know how to how to sail, but we're going to learn, and it's going to be a glorious time. And we're all going to be. We're you know, I'm just excited because as artists and musicians, we're supposed to be innovators. Yes. We're not just supposed to be museum curators. We're supposed to be innovators, and I'm excited. Yeah. Um, for the opportunities for creativity and innovation and people taking ownership of their learning and saying, I'm going to get on that boat. I sure as heck don't know how to sail, and my, but my students need somebody who knows how to sail, so I'm going to learn so that they can sail. And that's yeah. what's exciting to me. And I'll just give a shout out. I just mentioned him earlier. Uh, there is some great uh, shout out to my own department. Um, Dr. Michael Rushing is doing innovative things with piano marvel and online class piano and he's been very active in that forum of posting some of those ideas um and it's one of the other reasons that i just wanted to get this episode out there partially to demonstrate that our little department at mississippi college is is prepared to lead through some of this um we are equipped and we are ready and a bunch of us are already teaching online and we want to be seen as a as a beacon of light in 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 this time and uh you know and so vocal fry vocal fry is here and coming next week we'll have regularly uh, regular episodes back to our nats in knox episodes back to picard phd and mm. uh gosh we're gonna have a ton of star trek to go back over much so much star oh sarah you haven't even watched eight yet I know. I know. It's because I haven't been. I haven't been home. Josh and my minds here. were thoroughly blown last night. I kept having no, to got, turn I'm, to him and be like, "Explain, explain." <laughs> I literally left Memphis at seven thirty so we could do this. Okay. <laughs> I'm just. I'm just shocked that none of you all have seen Onward yet. Like no. we're going. Well, we were gonna go, and then now I don't know if that's happening. Anymore. I was gonna say that would yeah. require going in public. I'm, I'm not I'm, gonna. I have Listen, a very you... poorly timed cold, so I definitely <laughs> am not going out. Because, <laughs> like, I walk out and I cough, and people are like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> I know. Listen, I know it's, it's a really cold. inopportune time to recommend going to a movie theater. <laughs> but also, just as, like, a big old mountain of nerds that you guys are. Josh, I don't know you, but I feel like I do. Um, and so I just I just know, listen, y'all, this this movie is, oh, man. And you're going to sit there and watch this. And I just, I just distinctly hope that that you guys come back and say you're right, Michael. You are the older brother in that movie. Oh, that's how oh, I that, felt. Now time. I'm looking forward, looking to, forward this. to it. Right. Um, Glorious. One last oh, thought before we before we leave, I just want to give a shout out also to all of our colleagues in the gig economy. Mm-hmm. We love you. We see you. We are praying for you. And we know that we're going to get through this just like we eventually got through 9-11, just like we got through 2008. The world may look different on the other side, but um, who is it in Hamilton that says, but the sun comes up and the world still spins? Crickets. Oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> ask Olivia. Uh, you know where you asked Thomas Jefferson. Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. Thomas Jefferson. Um, the nasal voice. Uh, any, anyway. Or is uh, it it might have been the mic. It might have been the mic. <laughs> <laughs> 
And that's a great note to end on right there, Vocal Fam. If you're, if you're just happening to listen to this and you don't normally listen to us, we are a, vo- gosh, we are a voice science pedagogy and nerd pop culture podcast. Coming to you and, from... And, oh, and the voice of the, of the theme song is with us today. Dining room table of the Perna household. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Uh, and we hope you might join consider if you have any interest in voice science voice pedagogy or nerd pop culture that you might consider joining us on a weekly basis Sarah and I will be back at you next week with Michelle Marquardt DeVoe and Christian Coffee Rondo and then the week after with Nicholas Paulison that we both got those episodes recorded this past week um, and about their Nats and Knox talks and uh, and we'll be Josh will be back with us next week and It'll all, it'll all be, we'll all be figuring this out. Uh, go out. We're already a virtual community. Go out and do the thing, vocal fam. Go out mm-hmm. and do the thing. Peace out. I am Moana. Goodness. <laughs> Thoughts I had. <laughs>